Telboom, Immulesoft, or SAP, or Epigee. The market demand is high and continues to grow. Join SoftServe Integration Week. Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not-so-serious SoftServe podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game-changing decisions, wins, walls, and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to our Integration Platform podcast. Uh, today we are going to discuss what is an integration platform and why this is a great option to consider for developing your career. Our guests today are David White, Vice President of Digital Platforms, and Yaroslav Klochnik, API Management Cluster Lead at SoftServe. My name is Olga and today I'm the host. In my day-to-day life, I work as project manager and with the last three years in integration direction. Let's start. Hello, David. Hello, how are you? Hello, thank you, doing good. So could you please introduce yourself, like what's your background and why integration platforms are part of your life? Happy to do so, thank you. So uh, I currently, uh, as the VP Digital Platforms, am overseeing a group of five different unique practices. Uh, SoftServe calls these centers of excellence, and mine is focused uh, on established as well as some up and coming digital platforms. So this, for us, this includes uh, Salesforce, SAP, uh, a variety of digital experience platforms, e-commerce platforms, and of course, our topic here today is integration and API management platforms. Uh, traditionally, my background has actually been with software vendors rather than service providers. So uh, I've worked in uh, jobs from out of college at Purdue. I was a developer, uh, moved into pre-sales engineering, uh, and ultimately into product management and product leadership. Uh, just prior to joining SoftServe in 2018, I was CTO of about a $30 million software company. Uh, I ran our products and engineering groups um, uh, focused on content component management, document management, and automated publishing for some big enterprises, particularly financial services. Uh, so the thing that all of those companies have in common is that, 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 and the roles that I've played have been focused on helping enterprise companies, so medium to large enterprises for the most part, uh, improve their productivity uh, while also looking at how they grow revenue uh, through the deployment of tools in the marketplace uh, and that are primarily focused on automation. So how do you automate the process and integrate data across different systems to improve the overall uh, sum of the total? Uh, and that's really what integration platforms do for our clients behind the scenes. Uh, hello, Yaroslav. And how did integration platforms appear in your life? Well, hello, Olha. Actually, I've joined SoftSurf nine years ago. I've worked as a Java developer on a different projects, right? And a couple of years ago, I've joined the project where actually Delbumi platform was used. And that was like my first touch of the integration platform. And I loved concept, right? Uh, and that's how like I've uh, switched my direction to the system integration engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, Afterwards, we like built together with the group of uh, teammates, right? A group of uh, yeah, soft surf employees, including you all. We've built the competency, right? Uh, related to integration platforms. Then I joined like COE, uh, where we are working on constantly growing the knowledge and uh, this platform direction in scope of uh, soft surf company. 
Cool, great experience. So we will have much fun today speaking about the integration platforms. David, a short remark from my side. So our audience is very wide. We have listeners of different experience level, from juniors to architects, and also from different fields. So we have developers, QAs, business analysts. So I want to ask you to explain the topic in a way you would introduce it to your friend who is off topic. Okay? Sure. My pleasure. Deal. So the first question is, what is integration platform? Uh, an integration platform, and really there are multiple different types of integration platforms, and API management is, is also included in that stack. Um, it's a set of services, some user experiences, and ultimately methodologies for development uh, that helps integrate multiple business systems together. So passing data, uh, triggering processes, getting results uh, across two different or more business systems. Integration between systems has always been a significant part of software development. I've done it in every career and every job and every role I've had. Uh, it's been a part of it. Um, but integration platforms really represent a relatively new methodology for doing so. Um, in the past and still quite frequently today, uh, integration has meant a point to point. One system's API with a layer of code in the middle talking to another system's API. Uh, and so those two systems communicate and they don't really know if either other either of the endpoints are talking to any other business systems. Uh, so it's really a, a very narrow scope of work that's done. Um, and because of that narrowing of scope and this isolation of the layer of, of integration, uh, as you scale that up with multiple, multiple business systems integrated with multiple other business systems, uh, doing it in a point-to-point -point fashion becomes both technically and financially limiting. Uh, and, and the reason why that is, is because as the system number of systems go up, uh, it just becomes a spider web of these point-to-point -point integrations. And it's very expensive in terms of maintenance. So if one system updates and the API changes a little bit, every endpoint from a point-to-point -point integration has to be updated at the same time as that system is updated. Otherwise, the API calls will fail. And... Further, there is this desire and a very strong movement because of the cloud, because of SaaS, to be able to stitch these things together quickly. Agility and speed to market as a result is a very powerful uh, portion of, of what integration platforms can provide, along with the infrastructure to actually help guide and teach and provide services to the folks who are managing and executing those integrations. Okay, and uh, what's the difference between the work on platform and standard development as, as we know it? So the platforms you can think of as providing a centralized way of integrating these multiple other services and systems. Um, but here centralized doesn't mean it all flows through a single server, for example. It still can be a distributed system, but there is a central command and control and, and tracking and reporting system that allows for uh, how uh, a consistency around how authorization and security are managed. Uh, so whereas two systems could be integrated point to point um, that have, uh, you know, maybe no security because they're all behind the firewall and everybody just trusts the situation, uh, API management and integration services platforms provide a way of ensuring that that authorization and security is happening consistently uh, and is proven and, and, and trusted. Other things like common processing and reusable modules, so complex data transformations, validation, 
even transaction management can be handled within the platform. And that can help stitch together multiple systems in a flow as opposed to just two systems. And as kind of as a bonus, because this is all flowing through a central system, that ability to track and report on usage helps provide the technologists and the, the business insights into, well, what is the most valuable data? What is getting used? What's the most active systems that we have? Uh, which further helps them to be able to direct you know, where they're going to put effort into and, and even the ability to monetize uh, those integrations and those APIs if they wanna help support you know, third-party partners, for example, using that, those systems uh, through an integration. So it's not that those things couldn't be done in a point-to-point -point integration code, it just almost never is. Um, the integration code layer is usually quite thin uh, we always, in my past, called them adapters. Sometimes they're called under different names, but it's a fairly thin layer. It's built for purpose, uh, and it doesn't really extend well into these other services like tracking, reporting, monetization, or even just consistency of the, those reusable modules. Mm -hmm. um, so as a result, the integration platforms really provide uh, a, a really robust set of capabilities that that while you could build in code, you typically don't. And they also provide a different additional things, like you could, in some cases, offer a developer portal. So a very easy way of accessing, getting permissions to access, and learning the APIs, um, being able maybe even to host a forum that allows for questions to be answered. Um, most of the really large implementations for, for these platforms often build a generic API layer, something that abstracts from the backend systems data sources uh, and process sources into a generic layer that anyone in the business can call or maybe partners or third parties could call. Uh, and they don't have to know what's going on behind the scenes. And that means that you could even change out those backend systems and that, uh, or enhance them or modify them with not, without necessarily impacting all of the end, other endpoint integrations that are outbound. So a really powerful way of, of at scale supporting multi-multi um, complexity of integrations. Uh, and because of all of these benefits, uh, ultimately it ends up also freeing up developers from, from the time consuming burden of maintaining point-to-point -point integrations. It, it, and, and we'll share some uh, ROI on that. And what do you think are like the main benefits of the integration platform? Well, from the description I just gave, you can imagine there's quite a bit. Um, the value delivered for deploying an integration platform uh, and the growth that appears uh, really looks exponential and can be. Uh, it's, it's incredibly powerful. So there's some real examples from research done by you know, various analyst groups uh, looking into the customer base of these platforms. So a few examples, uh, one customer reported over three years, they had a 445% total ROI. So if they, and I, it didn't express the actual numbers, but let's say it cost them a million dollars, they got $4 million of value back out of the system in three years. That's a huge return for any business system to do a, a multiple like that. Uh, another hard dollar ROI was a 6.3 million return on investment over a three year period. Uh, we've seen cases where the reduction in effort required to maintain point-to-point -point integrations was as high as 90%. So that's, you know, a, a, almost a full-time person versus 10% of a, of a person. And if you multiply that times 10 people, that's real, real value return. 
four times the number of projects worked on. Well, if you reduce the amount of maintenance required by 90%, then you've got more developer time to do more with, which is really powerful. Being able to speed the time to market, those reusable components that I mentioned, the consistency of patterns, developers get really productive really fast. So being able to bring new applications to market that leverage you know, these APIs and the integrations capable through these platforms, uh, 70 to 90% in different cases, uh, faster time to market. So really dramatic change. There was one uh, telecom VP that was quoted in, in, in a blog uh, that their deployment of an integration platform reduced the time to create an API. So just they've got a new product and they need to build an API and they could do it as an isolated custom code or they could do it within a platform. All of those things that I described earlier uh, led them to realize that they could actually build a new API within hours or minutes where before it would take them uh, weeks or months. Okay, so um, meaning platforms right now are most and fastest growing software segment for the enterprises since it appeared about um, nine years ago. And um, what do you think exactly attracts and makes business to choose the platforms and why, why companies go for it? So given the ROI examples that I gave, it's pretty clear. It is definitely true this space is red hot and growing really rapidly. We've seen rapid growth in our own uh, services capabilities and, and needs around this and our customer base. Um, I think we saw close to 100% growth this year for us. Uh, so really, really red hot. Um, the reasons is, is really based on that ROI. Those are proven, measured, you know, reported, analyzed, examples so that companies that when they achieve a certain amount of scale and complexity can really benefit. And, and that's proven over and over again. Uh, being able to, and there's a big drive of course now, uh, to be more agile, to be able to rapidly develop something, test it, evaluate it, execute it, improve it or kill it if it's not working uh, in order to generate new revenue streams and to make customers happier. Uh, and, and when that becomes a strategy, an integration platform becomes critical in the digital space. And for companies that are acquiring, the ability to acquire a company, even a similar company that provides, for example, products and integrate that into an existing API platform, making that seamless for all the downstream systems that might be using that data, makes it really quick to be able to bring that company and in, 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 in the acquired company into the portfolio and just make it work. Uh, it's really powerful. So. Um, there are big returns for, for deploying an integration platform along any of those vectors. Mm -hmm. the, what it requires, though, is, is a really high-level determination. I mean, integration platforms are not free. They have a cost to them. They have a runtime associated cost with them. They are an annual fee, if you will. Um, and so you have to be willing to recognize the value that's required versus you know, an individual developer developing something very quickly but doesn't scale, causes high maintenance costs, et cetera. So uh, it, it definitely requires probably typically a VP or C-level executive to get started if they've already got this big web of point-to-point of -point integrations to convert that into an integration platform-based approach. But once they do, the sum of the parts is way bigger than what they'd had before. Uh, and they can achieve all of that agility and uh, speed to market uh, and savings of effort. So a simple example, if you, as I mentioned, if you had a company that was doing an acquisition 
they had an API for their CRM and their and their product data that maybe a, a customer facing application would use and a partner facing application would use and a sales facing application would use uh, and they acquire new business with a pretty limited team, much fewer resources and much less time than they would have spent in the past. They can integrate that new company CRM and product data, whatever backend system they're using, there is work to do there to make that integration into the platform. But once it's integrated into the platform, the downstream systems don't care where the data came from. They just see it as more product data, uh, more sales information. So it's a nice way of isolating uh, those backend systems from, their, from the data that's getting used. Uh, and that makes everything downstream just work as quickly as that integration is accomplished. Uh, that's not so easy to do via point-to-point -point integrations. What is market demand right now? And uh, especially how lockdown affected, affected the market? The market demand is high and continues to grow. Um, the majority of industry analysts, folks like Gartner, Forrester, et cetera, that have provided some, some uh, projections, set the compound annual growth rate, so CAGR, uh, typically the acronym, C-A-G-R, for integration platforms as a service, so IPaaS, so a very specific you know, you know, cloud-based integration platform. Uh, from 2020, the year we just finished, to 2025, so five years out, uh, at greater than 40%. That's incredible. And hard dollar numbers, 2020 is probably about 1.9 to 2 billion in uh, revenue associated with IPaaS. They're projecting 10.3 billion in 2025, so a 5x growth, a 500% growth. Uh, if you compare that to something like public cloud infrastructure as a service, which certainly has done well and continues to grow, um, that in that same period is probably closer to 18 to 25% versus the 40% for integration platforms. For the areas that I've researched, uh, IPaaS in general, integration platforms in total, API management systems, um, that is the largest growth rate in the development industry that I'm aware of. Um, it, it is significant. And in terms of the impact of the crisis around COVID-19, uh, it really has just accelerated this. I think, mm -hmm. I think everyone in the digital space has seen this this year. Um, every company has recognized that they have to behave differently. And while they might have had digital transformation, you know, put in quotes, like some goal around, we must become more digital. Uh, this period of time has really accelerated the priority of doing so. So rather than it being, you know, we'll get to it someday or we'll do, you know, a little bit now and a little bit later, it's really accelerated that process. Whether that's enabling employees with new and improved applications whether it's increasing support for the digital, their digital customer base, uh, or just the ability to become agile for future crisis and opportunities as they appear. Uh, it, it has driven our business uh, and, and the entire industry to move more towards uh, integration platform as a, as a process for integration. Great, this sounds like we are getting more opportunities. So, and what kind of projects do you work with? It's a really wide variety, as you can imagine, given the benefits that it supports uh, a, a fair amount of different customers and types. Uh, the things that our customers share really is one, usually more, of the following aspects. Uh, they're trying to simplify complexity, you know, reducing maintenance, understandability, uh, you know, trackability, traceability. They're trying to improve productivity, uh, whether that's 
endpoint productivity based on the applications built on integration or whether that's actually the engineering team that's responsible for uh, creating and maintaining integrations. Uh, that desire for greater agility, they've got new ideas and they need to, they need to implement them faster. Um, or they've just got new revenue opportunities just based on the idea that they've got data and processes that they could monetize directly rather than selling it through an application layer itself. So uh, lots of different ways to return real value to the company. Uh, each customer usually starts with some sort of primary goal in mind, such as you know improving and enabling employees or reducing manual labor, uh, you know improving the amount of automation that happens over you know error prone manual labor. Like a lot, a lot of systems, and this is as you go down market, it's still true. And as you go into private or public sector like education or, or government, a lot of places still have duplicate data entry. There's manual people just typing the data into multiple systems. Uh, as silly as that sounds in 2021, it happens a lot. So being able to remove and replace those with automation is pretty powerful. Uh, and then, as I said, directly or indirectly, really enabling revenue growth. But the returns available on the second or third priority, so they come with a first priority in mind, but very quickly as they start to implement, they see that second or third priorities become faster to get to, more, more easy to, to accomplish, uh, less resources required. And so we will see projects where while they had a first priority and that was the target for the first rollout, you know, the second or third priorities start to creep into that first implementation. One of those is a soft serve itself. You know, as a company, uh, a, a couple of years ago, we began to use one of these integration platforms across our company. And right now we have about a hundred different business systems, a little over a hundred business systems uh, integrated through our integration platform. And I can say as an employee, um, I get real value out of the results of that. You know, I have fewer systems that I have to go touch to do my work. Uh, I have less data that I can't access at all. Like most of the data in the company is accessible to me at my level. Uh, whereas before, likely there were things in finance or in IT that I couldn't see that maybe I should be able to, but I just couldn't and it would be very hard for me to access. Uh, and then just it's easier workflow tasks. I have one system to touch to be able to initiate a new hiring, uh, a role for a new hire or for purchasing or for IT support. And it gets, makes my life so much simpler and more productive when I'm not struggling to get access to that. So we've been a big benefit of this ourselves. And lastly, I'll say there's a, there, there are some really fun aspects working on these projects for customers uh, in integration. Uh, and I think you know, there's really three key ones that I, I always see in every project. As an integration engineer, you get exposed to what the customer does and how they do it. Now that might mean frontline stuff, like what they do in order to sell, uh, or it might mean back office stuff. How do they actually run the business? But either way, you usually end up learning something uh, significant and new about how a customer in a certain segment operates. Working knowledge of how a particular business systems works. Uh, you learn you know, how Salesforce API works. You learn how ERP systems work. You learn how financial systems work. Uh, because you have to learn its API and the data, that, the messaging that comes through it. Uh, and then lastly, you know, you get to feel that satisfaction of contributing to the clear value that's returned through working in this process. Uh, it becomes so obvious to everyone and it's so easy to measure that uh, there's real satisfaction in uh, having accomplished something that delivers that kind of value back. And um, who are the customers? So are these enterprises or are these startups? 
The majority of our integration platform customers tend to be, you know, from medium to large enterprises uh, and are in just about any vertical or horizontal uh, stretch of the business. The reason is the value of an integration platform becomes so clear when you have complexity and that comes at scale. Uh, so data intensive businesses are very high on that list of, of types of customers. Telecommunications and financial services would be, you know, two good examples that are just super data data intensive, mm -hmm. uh, high volumes of data, you know, high levels of security required, uh, but it's not limited there. Healthcare is in huge transition. Uh, they have lots of data to be integrated and lots of security concerns. Uh, certainly, retail, media, manufacturing. You know, in manufacturing, IoT is becoming, you know, smart everything, smart everywhere. Uh, and that's a lot of data to manage and to transact across multiple systems that want to have it. So, so anything with sufficient complexity is a good target. Startups aren't really developing on a platform basis yet because of that extra cost of the platform itself. Mm -hmm. They typically don't start there, but all indications are that that day is coming. When a, when a startup realizes that their ability to manage and monetize the API of their services directly or that it helps them manage integrating multiple systems in a consistent way, uh, I believe that that day will come. We're just not there where startups begin with uh, an integration platform as their methodology for integrations. Okay, I got it. So, um, David, I totally understand that uh, we are under the NDA, but uh, could you please share some successful business cases with, with our listeners? I can give us a couple of really interesting examples. We were talking about you know, the healthcare crisis briefly earlier. Uh, one example that we completed earlier this year was uh, with a large company that delivers workforce management. Uh, and they had a particular deployment around in the healthcare space around managing emergency services. So ambulances, for example. Uh, and we're working to try to figure out how they could, when they're trying to route an ambulance uh, from, you know, picking someone up who has an emergency to taking them to a, a care facility, uh, how do they know what care facility to take them to? Uh, given that, you know, COVID, for example, or there are other times there are other crises that happen where uh, in a particular geography, there might be uh, a facility that doesn't have any uh, available beds. Uh, that's a pretty concerning issue, right? And real-time knowledge of what are the care facilities in this geography that have unoccupied beds and frankly, further than that, that have these skills, right? If it's a brain injury or a broken arm, very different experiences that are needed uh, and capabilities that are needed. So, so being able to integrate all of that data of what are the care facilities that are in my region? What do they have in terms of availability and, and capabilities? Uh, and then being able to use that in a routing system to direct an ambulance to the right care facility with the right patient. Uh, and doing that seamlessly with real time. That requires integration platform because all of these different care providers and facilities all use different business systems with different levels and capabilities of APIs uh, and ultimately need to be tied into this, this scheduling system. So really, really powerful application, one that's already proven its benefit in terms of, of life-saving results, frankly. Another example, maybe more on the make money and make money faster and be more agile. Uh, we have a one of the largest real estate companies in the world as a customer, uh, and they have built a marketplace that addresses their realtors. So the, the person that helps to sell your home or helps you buy a home, they use business applications. Uh, something as simple as, 
you know, how can I attribute my costs for selling this specific home? I have, I took my customer to lunch. I have gas that I paid to drive. Uh, maybe I had to, you know, call a service to do a little bit of extra work to fix a problem. Um, and now I want to take a, a tax advantage of that. I, I spent that cost on that home. I made money on selling that home. I want to defer those costs against that money that I made in order to do that, especially in the United States around, around the, the IRS tax reporting, you have to have proof. So one of those applications that are as an add-in to the realtor platform is a third party that built that capability, right? So being able to add value to the realtor itself, you know, like without having to do, you know, our, our customer, the real estate company didn't have to do that work. They just had to provide the API and capability for it to be done. Um, and so third party did the work, added value to the realtor. Ultimately our customer, the real, the real, excuse me, the real estate customer uh, uh, company, um, they could decide. And in some cases, I think they are uh, that they might even take a cut of that partner's revenue. So, if the realtor says, I'll pay $10 a month for this service, maybe they take 30% of that, like Apple does for the iPhone. Uh, and then lastly, they actually can measure that, right? Since that's flowing through their system and their API, they can actually measure what partners are getting used consistently. You know, who's succeeding in that marketplace? What kind of data are they using? Uh, what's being of value? So later, if they decide they want to do some targeted acquisitions, of their partners, which happens frequently, what better way to know what's working than to be able to actually measure how much is it's getting used in the field and ultimately making a choice of making acquisition, which means they could also decide that that capability, which is really useful to their realtors and is adding value, maybe they deny that facility to their competitors by buying that company. So really, really multiple you know, layers of value that can be delivered there within that example. Let's speak about integration platforms at SoftServe. Mm -hmm. So at SoftServe, we have separate competency that is called System Integration Engineer. Yaroslav, since you were the one who was doing the setup, could you please share with our listeners when and why it was launched? Well, first of all, I wasn't the one, right? So we had a team there uh, of five people, including you, Olha. So <laughs> you were also one who actually initiated uh, this creation of this competency, right? Uh, officially, it was launched a year ago, but it took like more than eight months to build everything. So basically, two years ago, it was initiated and uh, launched officially a year ago. And how do you see that competency evolved since that time? Well, uh, so from what I can see, finally, we have a central place uh, where everyone is sharing the knowledge, right? Because before that, we had tons of projects inside SoftServe, uh, and everyone actually uh, on those projects were working with uh, integration platforms, right? It was Dalboom, MuleSoft, or SAP, or Epigee. It was like an IP management system. And the funniest story is that no one knows about each other, right? So this mm -hmm. competency, first of all, gave an ability for people to share their knowledge, their experience. And after that, uh, besides like delivery unit, right, we also gr are growing constantly this competency inside center of excellence. So basically we have uh, like additional group in center of excellence who are working 
on uh, constantly evolving this competence. And uh, so you already mentioned a few, but with which uh, platform SoftServe uh, is working with right now? Officially, we have a partnership with MuleSoft, and officially we have a partnership with Google Apigee, with Google and Google Apigee platform. Also, we are working, so we have a lot of projects uh, related to Dalbumi platform and a couple of projects related to SAP cloud platform integration. So we closed a couple of projects also using this platform. And how many engineers are working in this platform direction right now? Well, it is around uh, 100 engineers now, right? Not all of them uh, so uh, yeah, switched yet to the system integration profile, but it's a matter of time. So currently they are passing the knowledge evaluation procedure, uh, etc., to switch from uh, other technologies to the system integration engineer. Okay. And like, who are these people? So like, what's their background and what programming languages do they know? So we've built a retraining program for people who would like to switch from their current profile to system integration engineer. So those people used to be Java engineers or .NET or uh, database engineers, right? So basically, those people need to have kind of... um, programming background related to uh, one on another object-oriented language. They need to have base database knowledge. So basically they need to know how to query data, how the data is structured there. They need to have experience with data format like JSON, XML, etc. right? Because one of the key points of integration engineer, it's actually uh, work to work with data transformation uh, right inside this flows or inside this processes, basically, and they need to know uh, to have base knowledge in web services like REST uh, architecture or SOAP services. Okay, so let's imagine I'm a Java engineer, for example, intermediate level and I want to switch to system integration profile. So I can apply for uh, this retraining uh, program, right, uh, in SoftServe, and I can do this switch. So the next step, what career path can I build? Well, we have designed a full career path starting from junior uh, system integration engineer to uh, system integration expert. This is kind of an architect, right? When you're switching, you're switching one-to-one. So basically, if you were, uh, for example, intermediate Java engineer, you're passing the knowledge evaluation, and basically you're ready to be switched to the system integration engineer. But you also need to go through this retraining program, basically to get known with the integration platform principles and integration platform that you'll be using on the project. Then you can like grow till the, again, like I've mentioned, till the expert level. So basically our system integration experts, they should know at least two platforms because they are like uh, taking part in pre-sales activities, right? As a technical consultants, for example. And how much time this retraining program can take? So of course it depends on the level, but just Mm -hmm. approximately. Well, approximately it's three, four weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Including passing the certification, 
related to this platform. Uh, I mean, on basic level, for example, right? We have also actually the training program in our IT Academy. Uh, so, but it takes like around four months to be trained to junior level. Okay, so meaning if I'm a graduator, for example, from a Polytechnic University or any other universities from Ukraine, it means mm -hmm. that I can start my career from scratch in system integration direction, right? Yeah, it will take four months uh, and you will achieve a junior level afterwards. So in mm -hmm. case you will be uh, constantly studying, right, and learning new technologies. So, And yeah, you're welcome to SoftServe. I wonder who is the perfect candidate for integration platform project? Um, like what set of hard and soft skills should he or she have to enter the integration platform project? So Yaroslav's covering the, the technical skills around you know programming languages and those sorts of things. So so I'll speak more to the, the sort of soft and hard skills outside of you know, the deep technical. Mm -hmm. um, in my experience working through product management and all these product companies and now at SoftServe, one of the key things for an, uh, anyone in this space, but certainly engineers, you know, quality consultants, uh, is to be open-minded. You have, to, and, and not in a social or political way, though I think these things are related in, in the mind, but the ability to hear and accept and absorb information without fighting it coming in because you are exposed to so much, right? New business systems, new business processes, new contexts, uh, you know, the depth of the API, the way that the messaging is structured, that all exists and you just have to accept it and accept it quickly and not fight it and not think, well, that's not done very well. Well, maybe it's not done very well, but frankly, it's done the way it's done and you're not gonna be able to change that. You have to use it. So being able to you know, really accept that vast volume of information coming in, absorb it and leverage it quickly is a, a really good quality. And, and it's a fairly unique one. I mean, all engineers are puzzle solvers. So, so most folks have that kind of capability, but, but being, you know, for lack of a better word, open-minded open is a pretty good one. Certainly because you touch a lot of people in this process, you know, language and soft communication skills can be pretty important as you grow in the career path of an integration uh, stack. Uh, so, you know, by nature of the job, working with all of these different roles and people and technologies means you're exposed and communicating with lots of people. So being able to communicate quickly, clearly, succinctly uh, is really advantageous. And then also for developers, you know, again, a lot of the, a lot of the biggest applications are building an API of APIs, right? They're, they're integrating all these backend systems and then providing a face for those backend systems that are a bit abstracted from the systems themselves. And that gives flexibility and agility to switch out systems, to merge other systems in. Uh, and so, you know, as, a, as an integration engineer thinking about the future uh, and what, you know, what, will we, what would be built on top of this? Uh, how could it be maintained? How do we, you know, train others to use it? understanding and, and being good at having a clarity and purpose and structure. Again, a very consistent quality for most engineers, but you know, enhanced and, and, and a good focus for, for integration engineers. I, I've seen a fair amount of APIs that were built with attempts to be clever uh, and unique, right? Uh, often people equate uniqueness as a value, uh, 
Uh, and sometimes they use language to declare that uniqueness, but that's problematic if you're an engineer. Uh, you know, an orange is an orange. And if you call it something else, you're just gonna confuse everyone that expects an orange to be called an orange. Uh, if it is something truly new, sure, give it a new name. But if it's not new, good to be consistent because you have to you have to balance that idea of being unique versus being learnable, teachable, um, understandable. And then lastly, I'd say, you know, similar to, to that aspect of consideration for other developers and thinking about the future, um, thinking about the potential end users, uh, what is going to happen with the capabilities that the, that the customer is describing that they're trying to achieve. Uh, the best integration engineers I've worked with, you know, before I got to SoftServe, really put them play themselves, not just in the box of I'm connecting this pipe with that pipe, you know, this data flow with that data flow, but really thought about the end purpose and the end goal. So being able to extrapolate and say, well, maybe sometimes we don't provide just the raw data and the raw API, but we actually add a, a business objects layer to that that combines multiple data pieces into a single call uh, that makes the whole system more productive and efficient and, and more easily to deploy for these use cases. So a few extra hours of effort that, that this guy that I'm particularly thinking of would put in um, on his own in being creative and adding value in a very smart way uh, almost always was recognized in the initial release. Well, while maybe even I as a product manager didn't think about that, uh, when he would and pick up those gaps, it always became significant value. So thinking about the end uses and not just the, the, the box in the middle uh, can really add value. And I think there's a talent there that comes. It, it, it certainly comes with experience doing it yourself and understanding what you know, you've done and been frustrated with with other integrations, but but it also feels like there's a talent aspect to that as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And um, what do you think is future of integration platforms in the long term? Do you think it will grow even more? Well, we're, we're clearly seeing the analysts think, you know, we've got five years of 40% growth or more. Uh, it's, that's unlikely to just drop off a cliff, right? So, you know, it might slow. Um, as cloud infrastructure, for example, I gave as a comparative earlier, you know, probably in its early days, it was closer to a 40% growth rate and it slowed to 20%, which is still a great growth rate. Um, so I, it's hard to imagine this doesn't continue to be a high growth area with high value. Um, it's just too clear and it's too easily measurable. So I think, you know, even beyond the 20 to 25 projections, we're going to see continuous high growth for the next 10 to 15 years, maybe 20. Supporting that would be the idea that really in most areas of the IT industry, they're just getting started thinking about the idea of monetizing APIs. Um, whereas before it was a way to get work done or to improve automation, directly being able to provide a surface of, of APIs to third-party partners uh, and being able to charge, measure, track, limit if necessary, um, and, you know, have banded number of calls or the amount of data of throughput or what, what, whatever the measure is, you know, that's just beginning. And that opens up a world of, of opportunity to create new revenue streams. Uh, and everyone likes that idea. So uh, there's only a few that have really succeeded there yet. I think there's a lot of folks who will try and maybe fail because the marketplace isn't there or their execution isn't perfect. But I think that's going to continue to grow and grow and grow is providing services based on APIs that drive direct revenue. 
So everything's really rapidly evolving right now. Um, and, and so while the growth might be a 20 year path, it certainly will change and it's already changing right now. Uh, an example, we signed a new partnership with a company called Cloud Elements uh, here in the United States. Um, and they're somewhat unique in that they have uh, uh, hundreds of SaaS endpoints already integrated into their platform um, through an abstraction layer. So uh, of a, you know, using a common model for CRM, for example. So they've got a common model for CRM. If you want to integrate with CRM, you integrate to this common model and, you know, 80% of what's necessary is in that common model for any given application. Uh, that means that, for example, an ISV, a, a software vendor, uh, can quickly build, you know, for little more effort than just building one point-to-point -point integration, for just a little more effort, they can integrate into this Cloud Elements platform and offer out-of-the-box integration with 13 different CRM systems that, that Cloud Elements already has integrated. And if those those systems change or they add a new one, that abstraction layer sort of keeps you from having to worry about that in most cases, you know, 80, 90% of the time, you don't have to change your integration because they've added a new one or they've, or, or somebody has changed something in theirs. You know, that's a, that's an interesting example. Uh, Kong is another new partner of ours um, that uh, has a cloud native architecture, you know, starting from the ground up as microservices, uh, microservices on containers. Um, and, and that's a really powerful architecture that's super distributable, you know, really easily to integrate in and, and really, you know, really fantastic way to, to, to build that app, that capability. So along with, you know, the established players who have done a lot of acquiring, Google acquired Apogee, Salesforce acquired MuleSoft, uh, AWS and Microsoft uh, have all built their own, uh, IBM's got one. Uh, and so, you know, there's a big marketplace, there's lots of need. Can't imagine how this doesn't continue for the next 10 or 15 years at the least. David and Yaroslav, thank you for being our guest today. That was an interesting and inspiring session about the integration platforms. Thank you. Thank you, Olga. Have a nice day. And by the way, this is still not the end. For our listeners, we have a couple of great news. First of all, if you want to know even more about integration platforms, join SoftServe Integration Week that will take place from the 1st to 5th of February. All the details, how to register, and URLs are available in summary of this podcast. Also, in February, we are starting new group in SoftServe IT Academy dedicated to Dell Boomi and Millsoft platforms, meaning you have a great chance to join the team of the best. Again, you will find all the details in summary of this podcast. Thank you for being with us and bye-bye.